our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And he's gotten probably enough of the, to pursue that. His parents were self-determined. They, so Samson's self-determination was a, was a bad ending for him. His parents, their self-determination was to try and stop him from making bad decisions. You know, his parents, there's no record they're wrong in this, which ought to comfort all parents who have children don't walk with the Lord. Because they made all the right decisions. What are you going to do? They, they, did, they did the best they could. They tried to reason with their son to just use common sense and please listen to us in this situation. The woman had self-determination. She, she chose to marry an Israelite. That's pretty amazing, right? Like, she wanted to be with Samson. I mean, he's, he's probably... Handsome, he is a Nazarite, he's got the long hair, you know, he's like good looking, he's in the strength of youth. It's, it's like Samson, you know, and when Samson came down, like all the Philistine guys hate him, like, dude, there's that Israelite, man, what's up with that guy, dude? It's like the guy from another high school that shows up at your high school and he's the bad dude, like he's that guy, you know? And you're like, dude, it's Samson, what's up with that? And, 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 it, and it's like she wanted to, it would seem she was interested in marrying him because when the deal went down, she agreed to it. This is an intermarriage. We talk about this. It's not so much interracial, but it somewhat is. But it's an intermarriage. So you're going to have to figure out the different cultures. Like how, when you come from the family that worships the fish god, Dagon, how's it going to work to marry the guy that, whose god is Jehovah? But they're going, to, they're going to work that out. So she's got some determination in that. Her dad did as well. The Philistines had some determination in this. They make choices. So as it played out, Samson goes to Timnah, is attacked by a lion in a vineyard, kills the lion, goes back to it later on, touches the dead body, which he's not supposed to do. There's honey. He takes the honey. He goes to his wedding party, and there's 30 Philistine men there that he's going to like build the bridge with, and now we're all going to be buddies. And he poses a riddle to them about, he gives this riddle about the sweetness and that and everything else. And if you answer, if you can't answer it in seven days, give me your garments. And then if, if not, then I'll give you the garments. In fact, he said, out of the eater came something sweet. Out of the strong came something, out of the eater, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And they're like, they couldn't figure it out. So then they threaten her, the woman, like you invite us to this whole wedding thing to do this and humiliate us and take our wealth. No one likes everything taken from them, that's for sure. And that's the spin they put on it. They pressure her to betray Samson. That was her self-determination. 
she sided with these, her community instead of her new husband. So before they're even like in wedlock fully, she sides against her husband, betrays her husband, gets him to reveal the riddle. But he chose to be the smart guy and the cool guy with the riddle in the first place. So he made probably a pretty arrogant decision to do this, humiliate these guys. But then they threaten his wife. And then it all goes down. And then they answer the riddle. What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? But then he says to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, would you have not solved my riddle? And we talk about this Susanette. What a powerful term, plow with my heifer. Like, he, like he's saying, like, you defiled my wife. If you hadn't defiled my wife, you would have never known this riddle. So then he goes out and he kills 30 Philistines from the nearby village. He kills 30 men. He killed 30 people. And later on, he'll, he'll hold himself maybe guilty for that. Because when he kills, a, he, he, he kills more and he says, but this time I'm not to be at, at fault. So at his own conscience, he probably considered himself at fault for killing the 30, but he killed 30 to take their garments to give the other 30 who solved the riddle. And then he goes from bad to worse. It all goes from bad to worse. Then his father-in-law, he storms off. His father-in-law gives her to his best man. Then he comes back to see his wife, finds out that's happened. So he gets his buddies, most likely some of his friends. They destroy the entire crop for the Philistines all their wealth, it's escalating. So then they kill her and her father. But when they threatened her to tell the riddle, they said, if you don't tell us the riddle, we're going to burn you alive. We're going to burn down you and your dad. Evidently, this was popular. We talked about this Tuesday as well. Because remember when the Ephraimites threatened Gideon? He said, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we're going to burn down your stuff. And then they threatened Jeff now the same thing. So evidently, like, if you don't like someone, you just burn their stuff. You burn them alive or whatever. It's a cruel world. The time of judges is really dark. It's a dark time. It's a, brut- it's, a, it's a brutal world. We've had it so good in America, we don't understand what a brutal world's like. There's lots of people in the world right now that know what a brutal world the world is, how cold and callous it can be. So she feared being burned alive and betrayed her husband. But what happened? She's given to the best man, and she's still burned alive. Which just goes to show, you can't be moved by fear, you need to be moved by faith. And she should have just aligned herself with her husband and took the stand because the two shall become one. So she should have, that would have been God's will, to be yoked with her husband, stand by her man, and let Samson deal with these people and the fallout from it. But she betrayed her husband out of fear, and the thing she feared was her downfall, and it cost her her life. But Samson, Mr. Smarty Pants, with his cool joke over everybody and taking stuff from him, he loses his wife, she loses her life, he destroys their crop, and it just escalates. All these things are choices. Listen, they're choices, and they're consequences, and they escalate. Now, you younger people may not understand this as much, but everyone here over 40 and even over 50, you know, you make choices and there's consequences. And you wake up and Jesus loves you as much today as he loved you yesterday, but you've made choices and some are very bad and you have many consequences. As Your life is never the same as mine is for mistakes we've made that we can never get back. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is sufficient. But let me speak on behalf of everyone over 50. You can't get to 50 and not have certain major decisions that were bad decisions that you regret. And some more than others. 
And no matter how much your life restores the years that the locusts have eaten, just ask my sister how much sorrow she still has in her heart for things that can never be fully restored. Babies she aborted. Babies she gave away. Relationships lost. Photo albums that were never built. Dreams that were never attained. Nightmares that were persevered through. All the evil men that came in her world and threatened her son, Jimmy. And all the the hurt in Jimmy's life still as the consequences of those evil men. So she wakes up praising the Lord. She'll be at Calvary Chapel, Vero Beach, going to church tomorrow. Send a text this morning, praying for Hannah. I hope it goes awesome. Have a great day. But let me tell you, her heart is still broken over consequences of horrible decisions. Yes, his mercies are new every morning. And yes, his grace is sufficient. But when you cross certain lines, you should not cross that line. You never come back the same. When Samson crossed the line to get his Philistine wife, it was never going to be the same. Now, when he went in the vineyard, he's flirting with no man's land because he's not to drink wine or the grape. When he killed the lion, he was close to no man's land. But when he put that, his hand and touched that carcass and took that honey, he crossed the line. And when he insisted on marrying this woman, he crossed the line. And he kept crossing that line until he was uh, with a harlot and until Delilah cut his hair. You keep crossing that line, keep crossing that line, self-determination, he never came back. So self-determination is very real. And we have to be very careful what we choose to do with our self-determination. And we have to pray that people we love who make bad choices with self-determination would come back from bad choices and make good choices. Amen? Because that's one thing all of us over 50 can agree to, and you younger people as well. That people we love have made bad choices, that they could turn it around and make good choices. Because his mercies are new every morning. And as much as my sister might hurt with all the heartache she caused her son and all the decisions she can't go back and change, she'll wake up praising Jesus tomorrow. And she won't be living behind the Dempsey dumpster at the dollar store in Vista, cursing at lights at 7 in the morning drunk and just being a general problem and nuisance for the community. Our God gives us a future and a hope. And he gives us self-determination. But that sovereignty is an interesting thing, right? Because think about this with the sovereignty. In the story, as it plays out, Samson killed that lion. Then Samson killed those 30 Philistines. And then later on in the next chapter, he kills 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And there's one thing that connects all three of those actions. And you know what it is? It says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Let's put that in the theology box again. Now, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon me, you get a better Bible study. When it comes upon Hannah, you ladies are blessed. When it comes upon Jack and Allie, whoo, let it go. When it comes upon you, sharing, and all the words come to you that you didn't have, good for you. When you restrain yourself, when you weren't going to be restrained, good for you. The Spirit of the Lord came upon you. In his situation... We know in the sovereignty of God that he allowed these things to go this way because in the bigger picture, he's going to judge the Philistines. And you might say, like, why? Okay, so what does God have against the Philistines? I don't know, but it's none of my business. 
And I'll tell you what, it's none of yours either. They killed babies. They slept with the same sex. They slept with animals. They're bloodthirsty, ruthless people. They're vile to the core, completely given over to seared conscience and seared mind, like Romans 1 said, and they were done on planet Earth. And if God says they're done, they're done. Israel's still there. The Jews are still there. Star David flies over Jerusalem. If God says they're still around till the end game, they're going to be around till the end game. And if he chooses to let all the different ethnic groups that still around be around, that's his choice. He's God. Who are you, O man, to judge God? There's vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. What's God got against the Philistines? I don't know. But there's another lion killer that came along about 100 years later and really put one on the Philistines. His name is David. He killed a lion too. But he said, the Lord killed that lion. And he killed that bear. And he protected me. And he empowered me. And he's going to take you down too, you uncircumcised Philistine. And this day you'll know that there's a God in Israel. A greater than Samson came along about 100 years later. And you don't really hear much about the Philistines ever again after that. They were a nomadic people group. We don't really know where they came from. They're nomadic, settled on the coast. People like to think that Palestinians are Philistines. They're not. Palestinians are Arabs. They're not. The Philistines are a lost people group. They just dissipated. Between the Medo-Persians coming in, the Assyrians, the Medo-Persians, the Babylonians, Alexander the Great, the Seleucid Empire, they just, they, just, they just disappeared. They put themselves under God's wrath. And Samson was the instrument of his wrath on this generation, the Philistines. So in the sovereignty of God, three times, and it escalated. First he kills a lion, then he kills 30 men, and then he kills a thousand with the jawbone of a donkey. He supernaturally did these things, and it really happened. These are not Greek mythology. This is the word of God. These things happened under a different covenant, in a different time. But Lord Jesus over all of it, and the Spirit came upon him to accomplish these things. And what the world doesn't want to hear in 2021 is there's even greater judgment coming. Because Romans 1 tells us that, the, that ungodly men who suppress the truth and ungodliness, like those who are trying to rule over this planet, that they're under the wrath of God. The Bible tells us the judgment begins in the house of God. And that the shaking begins in the house of God, so only things that are solid can remain. And who's not to say all this shaking isn't to get to what's solid and not what remains? Who's not to say that God's not sifting his church in the last two years to prepare us for the return of the Lord? But even if that's not the case, the Lord doesn't come for a thousand years. Who's not to say it's not his right to sift his church in any generation to make it stronger, sharper, cleaner, focused, and more deliberate and absolute and intentional in what it's called to do? Because for sure, I think for, I speak for most of us, we're less distracted now than we ever were before. <laughs> if someone calls themselves a Christian and doesn't have a clear focus on the kingdom after the last two years, I don't even know what to say. But if what human government has done to planet Earth in the last two years doesn't motivate you for Jesus to be reigning in your heart, in your mind, over your marriage, over your life, and your future and your eternity, nothing will. Because if you haven't learned anything in the last two years, let me tell you what you should learn. Do not trust in men. They're evil. Do not 
underestimate evil in men and do not overestimate good in men. And that's not what people want to hear, but the Bible tells us we're desperately wicked to the core. All of our good works is filthy rags. And we need a Savior desperately. And Jesus is that Savior. And if anything's gotten shaken up in the last two years, it's religion. Religion doesn't save anybody. And a lot of people who follow Christian religion left church. Because Christian religion is based upon self-serving convenience. But standing and falling for Jesus Christ, the gospel and the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and all the promises, yes and amen, that's not religion, that's faith. And that faith stands in China, it stands in Russia, in South America, in Africa, in the United States, and it stands in every generation. And that's the church we want to be a part of. The universal church whose convictions are in the gospel, the word of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit that recognizes good and evil, loves our neighbor, loves our enemies, but stays on point to do what we're called to do and knows right from wrong and doesn't let delusional people, demonically deceived, make us make the wrong decisions contrary to the best interest of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the ultimate mandates that are coming on planet Earth are to silence the gospel. The ultimate mandates in governments of men want to silence the gospel and the word of God. It's not even about anything other than that. In the end, this is all moving towards something where it's to silence your voice for Jesus Christ. That's where it's going. So as Samson needed the sovereignty of God in his life to come upon and to kill a lion, to kill 30 men and to kill 1,000 men, and by the way, in his death, he killed 3,000 And he was alive to be a deliverer and fight the war. He was a warrior. He's a warrior. He was a Green Beret. He was special ops. He's a Navy SEAL. You and I don't relate to that. But anyone that's been in anywhere near that type of military, we have some military people in this church. And we have people that have been elite and in combat in this church. We don't understand that. But that's what he was. When you do Bud's training in Coronado to be a Navy SEAL, you're not training to make friends with terrorists. You are training to kill bad people, to make the world safe for good people. We don't relate to violent people and and evil people in this room as much. But there are people that every day deal with very evil, wicked people. And Samson was a warrior to deal with those people who are a threat to God's people and the people of promise, and the people of covenant. Again, the context, the Mosaic covenant with the Jews in the Old Testament. So for us, the sovereignty of God in our life is to have the Holy Spirit come upon us not to kill lions, but to be bold as a lion. Not to kill 30 wicked people, but to pray for 30 wicked people. Not to use a jawbone to strike down a thousand people, but to really make time to intercede for people who need us praying for them because they can't discern the right hand from their left hand like the people of Nineveh when Jonah was sent to them. Not to bring down the house of Dagon with 3,000 Philistine lords in a, in a retribution and revenge for our lost eyes, but to bring 3,000 to the Lord like the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That's the sovereignty of God we want in worship generation in the body of Christ, 2022. And ultimately, 
Free will, self-determination, plus sovereignty equals this unknown mystery. In the end, Samson judged Israel for 20 years. That's what he did. And you might say, oh, he could have done this, he could have done that. You know what? It is what it is. Jeff, the judge, for six years. We have these other judges, we don't know anything about them except one verse. They had 30 kids that rode 30 donkeys and lorded over 30 cities. God told us a lot about Samson. And it's there for our learning that there's just some things we're never going to get and never going to understand. There's a bigger picture. And so I just want to close tonight with us realizing our own personal lives, your personal life, my personal life, there's a bigger picture. We have our self-determination and our free will, and we have God's sovereignty over our personal lives. And we have God's, we have our self-determination as a church body in the Calvary Chapel movement, the body of Christ upon earth. We, we pray, we make decisions as a ministry. Do you want to release this money this way? You want to release it that way? Just like you do personally, just like you do in your marriage or in your singleness or with your work or whatever. And then we have a sovereignty of God over us. And then somehow, as we just acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways, we not understanding, we let him guide and lead us and direct us. We want his sovereignty to be moving our self-determination and that which pleases him. And in this bigger picture, who can know what the Lord's going to do? The secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children in our personal lives and in the, the human experience on planet Earth. So I close with this verse. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Romans 11. And then it goes on to say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, in light of this, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That is our responsibility. That's our self-determination. The, the plan that God has in our life is so much bigger than any of us know, as much as we think we know. The plan that God has for us living during this timeline, whether we're younger or older and we're sharing the planet at 20, 2021, the plan that God has for our timeline is predetermined by the Lord. That's what Paul said in Acts 17. Your seasons and your time, your ethnicity, your boundaries, it's all, it's, so the, the, the key thought is that we use our self-determination for good and obeying the obvious. So we're a part of God's plan A and his best plan, not plan B. That we fulfill what he wants to do, whether it's a short life or a long life. And to trust in his sovereignty. You know, I give a lot of altar calls. I've given a lot of altar calls to the Lord and not have people respond. And once I realized I didn't save anybody, I was good. When I felt like I had to save people, man, I felt like such a failure. You know what it's like to preach for 40 minutes, give this message and an invitation, and there's like 500 people and no one comes forward? You feel like it's a public humiliation. 
And then I just realized, I don't save anybody. God saves people. They have a choice, just like we do. And then you're free. You're free to serve the Lord, let your light shine, try to be the best version of you that you can be as you're led by the Spirit. You just keep going forward. And then you know what? You're going to be there last. And someone might be by your side that loves you, and someone may not be by your side. My greatest regret is I wasn't by my mom's side. And it was time-sensitive. Now, I've been by some other people's side, but I missed that one. We're here, and we're gone. Eternity is so real, as is our self-determination, his sovereignty, and a bigger picture that's beyond us. So let him work on the bigger picture, let his sovereignty be over us, and let us make very good decisions day by day with what is entrusted to us and stay in our boundaries, in our lane, and not cross those lines. And if we have, let's get back where we belong and make good decisions. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.